Thank you for tuning into the weekly sermon from Journey of Hope, a United Methodist community. We are a welcoming community that fosters belonging and acceptance. Through ministries, we enable individuals to transform their lives as they learn to follow Jesus Christ. We follow the guidance of the Spirit in sharing our faith through missional adventures, building relationships, and offering our witness to our community and world. We serve the Elgin, Illinois area and are located at the corner of Randall Road and Highland. To learn more about us, you can check us out at johumc.org or any of our social media platforms by searching Journey of Hope. And now, here is this week's message. We have two gospel lessons today. The first one is Mark chapter 3, verses 31 through 35. Then Jesus' mother and brothers arrived. Standing outside, they sent someone in to call him. A crowd was sitting around him, and they told him, Your mother and brothers are outside looking for you. Who are my mother and my brothers, he asked. Then he looked at those seated in a circle around him and said, Here are my mother and my brothers. Whoever does God's will is my brother and sister and mother. Our second reading is from John chapter 19, verses 25 through 27. Near the cross of Jesus stood his mother, his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother there and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to her, Woman, here is your son, and to the disciple, here is your mother. From that time on, the disciple took her into his home. May God bless the reading, hearing, and understanding of his word. Amen. So we begin our message time this morning. I remind you that, uh, that there's a lot of times I say, you know, if you've got questions, you can text them into me. Even during the, the message time, i uh, don't not sure if I'll be able to get to all of them, but we'll see if, if, that, uh, if that opportunity arises. But I wanted to mention that to you as well because Right after Easter, we're going to have this, this series called the Ask the Pastor. Now, we'll do an Ask a Pastor Sunday, and then I'm going to focus on some questions for the weeks following. Uh, and so I ask that you, even in the comment section, uh, to put in the chat a question that you may have. Now, these are any question that you want to ask, any question that you had always wanted to ask a pastor, but maybe were afraid to ask a pastor or, or not sure if you should ask a pastor this question. So they can be personal questions. They can be questions about journey of hope. They can be questions about theology. Whatever they may be, send them in. Email them to me, put them in the chat so we can uh, collect all of those questions so that that Sunday after Easter, we can have this wonderful back and forth of all kinds of questions to, uh, to share with one another. I also will remind you that you have your bulletins. In your bulletins, there's a space to take notes so that you can jot things down. Uh, you can jot those little nudges that the Holy Spirit gives you uh, in this particular time. There's also scripture passages and questions to reflect on throughout the week. Uh, but I would ask that you would pray with me this morning. Gracious and almighty God, we come striving to hear your word. And so God, we ask that you would speak to us. And God, I ask that the words that I say are no longer my own, but they are your words, your words for your people. In Jesus' name, amen. 
So we've talked about this before. Scripture is full of these words that are, that are written in red, and these are the words that Jesus spoke to the disciples, to the people that followed him, the people that were there at the Sermon on the Mount, those teachings that he gave to his disciples and to you and to me. The words are important because they give us insight into who the triune God is. And so we should pay attention to them. But there are certain words that we've talked about these that seem to carry a little more weight because of from where they were spoken. The words that are spoken from the cross. The pain that Jesus was facing in the un- is unbearable. And so if you follow that process of crucifixion, you know that it's so hard to breathe while he's on the cross, let alone to, to actually speak any kind of words and to make any sense. And therefore, what we have documented is the words that Jesus spoke from the cross are ones that we should pay incredibly close attention to. And so that's what we continue on in our Lenten journey doing, is focusing on those last seven words from the cross. So our fourth word. Our fourth word focuses on relationships. Not that the others didn't focus on relationships, but this one seems to even be more so about that. The word that, share, that Jesus shares is talking about family. Maybe I should ask this question, one that you can respond to in the chat so that you can put that in there so that for those of you who are in the sanctuary who are on your phones and interacting with people at home, give you an opportunity to do that here. For all of you watching at home, here's your opportunity to answer this question for me. And the question is this. What is your definition of family? What is your definition of family? And for so many that that aren't on their devices and aren't answering that, think about that because maybe you can share that in the community time afterwards, in our fellowship time. What is your definition of family? What makes someone family to you? You see, Merriam-Webster defines family as this, a group of people who are related to each other. A group of people who are related to each other. Such a a simple definition. But I wonder if your responses might say something a little different. Is family just people who are related to each other? I wonder. So many of you remember uh, a cell phone promotion uh, a few years back. probably more like about a decade back. Uh, So some of you may remember and some of you may go, I don't understand what you're talking about. Uh, We'll find out where you sit in this uh, as you hear this. But if you remember a few years back, Sprint. Sprint was trying to get more market share from everybody else and noticed that uh, what a lot of people were doing by adding people to their cell phone plans. They came up with a new term, which obviously didn't stick because we don't hear about it anymore. But I wonder if you remembered that promo from about a decade ago that was Framly. You remember Framly? Some of you do. Yeah, Gabriel, you're going, I I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) The more people you would add to your plan, the lower your cost would get. 
But you have to see that this happened back in the time when plans were just getting started. You could have, uh, you could have these unlimited calls and texts messages to those in your family, but not outside. That's where the big problem was. You could do that with inside your family, but not outside. I know it's hard to imagine now that you could have unlimited calls and texts to only a group of people, and they would charge you text messages. But parents, if you remember, and grandparents, you remember having those cell phone bills come in from your kids and go, how in the world did you text this many times? I think I remember looking at Stephanie one time, and we tried to figure out her text messaging and saw the fact that the amount of text that she sent, we kind of divided that up by the hours in a day, and we kind of figured that on average it was about 10 texts per minute. <laughs> in a 24-hour day. Now, I know she had to sleep in there somewhere, but you see, they, they, they expanded it to uh, that unlimited talk and text to friends and family as the next step. Now with the unlimited everything that we have in the cell phone world, there's no need for any of these types of plans any longer. However, Sprint decided that back in that day, they would try something new and they would come up with a new name, friends and family. Well, that makes Framly. They could have given a new definition to the word family. And that definition may line up a little more with your definition of family than it does with Merriam-Webster's. But if we think that Sprint had the market on redefining family as this family, we've got to remember that Jesus Christ had the original redefinition of family. Dear woman, here is your son. Here is your mother. Words that, that may not make a lot of sense if we're viewing them through our current world's viewpoint or our current world's lens. You see, John was not the son of Mary, and Mary was not John's mother. They were not related. So according to our world's definition of family, they would not be. But you see, Jesus had a new definition of family. And he was making sure that it was known. Jesus was in the process of being crucified. And as we approach the last words of Jesus Christ on the cross, as I have said just a few minutes ago, we have to remember just how difficult it was to even speak these words. Suffocation and enduring pain was all about keeping people alive as long as they could so they could encounter the maximum amount of suffering. And the Romans were really good at it. So everything that Jesus spoke took immense strength. And that's why we pay close attention to these words. But another thing that we have to take into consideration in those days is that widows... Without sons, we're not usually going to make it. Widows without sons were not usually going to make it. They, had, they would have no means of income and therefore would have no way of obtaining food and eventually would starve. Now you may be thinking, Jesus had brothers, didn't he? 
Where are they? Well, if we look back, we look back to John 7, 3 through 5, it says this. So his brother said to him, Leave here and go to Judea, that your disciples also may see the works you are doing. For no one works in secret if he seeks to be known openly. If you do these things, show yourself to the world, for not even his brothers believed in him. Not even his brothers believed in him. We can see that his brothers were not on his side and didn't believe him. Jesus, the Son of God, was not understood or believed by his own family, his own siblings. This would make things difficult, especially at the moment of his death. You see, it was the custom at that time that the oldest son would be the one to take care of his mother. And Jesus, being the oldest and now about to die on the cross, would no longer be able to support his mom. In this context, the statement that Jesus makes would make logical sense. It sounds rational to appoint someone to take care of his mother. You would want someone to take care of them. Even at the point of death, Jesus was thinking about others more than himself. He wanted to make sure that Mary was taken care of, that she had what she needed, and that there would be family around to provide for her. But I'm not sure that this is where Jesus is leading us today. I think Jesus is speaking of his redefinition of family. Mark 3, 31 through 35, redefines who his family is. If you don't remember this passage, it is this. It says, And his mother and his brothers came, and standing outside, they sent to him and called him. And a crowd was sitting around him, and they said to him, Your mother and your brothers are outside seeking you. And he answered them, Who are my mother and who are my brothers? And looking about at those who sat around him, he said, Here, here is my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of God, he is my brother and sister and mother. Anyone who does the will of God, that is what it means to be a brother, a sister, a mother, a father, an aunt, an uncle, grandparent. That's what it means to Jesus. Anyone who takes someone into their homes and cares for them, feeds them, clothes them, and prays for them. That is family. That is a church family. The book of Acts tells us so many things about what it means to be a community of believers, a, a body of faith. We are to care for each other, hold each other up in prayer, even provide for each other. Acts 4, 34 and 35 says this, There were no needy persons among them, for from time to time those who owned lands or houses sold them, brought the money from the sales, and put it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to every, anyone who had need. 
giving Mary Van Slyke some money to buy books, to provide for people in our church family. Because that certainly is how we view those at Spirit Lake as the connection of family. That is what it means. True community, true family is taking care of each other and making sure that everyone's needs are accounted for. I mean, think about Journey of Hope, your church family. Just take a moment to, to reflect on that. And, and let me say that if, that if you're not members here, that doesn't exclude you from being family. Because from what I've seen and heard, membership doesn't matter when it comes to love, to care, and to support that this family gives. However, I mean, if you want to talk about joining Journey of Hope as members, I'd certainly be open to that conversation at any time. But I, but I think that many ways we reach out to the community. I mean, you think about those. Crisis center, soup kettle pads, food pantry. I think of the, the ways that we help regionally through our mission links and our trips to Spirit Lake or Henderson. But even more than that, I see the way that each of you care for each other. How you lift each other up in prayer. How you provide meals and rides. How you support one another. I think of Mary Summers. And the wonderful people, the, so many of the wonderful people on the care team, reaching out to all of those who are physically unable to be with us. The many phone calls and visits, prayers that they have shared, truly shows what it means to support the family. And I think of the ways that we gather in community, whether it's here during worship and fellowship time, Zoom and other online means, small groups and Bible studies and breakfast groups and stitches of hope and, and so many other opportunities are ways to grow as a family. Journey of Hope is participating in relationship building, forming the family bonds that tie us all together, that tie us all together. Where else have you seen this new definition of family? played out here at Journey of Hope. Share it in the chat. Share it around tables in the community room after worship. Share it with me. Where have you seen this new definition of family played out in your life? Have you been affected by it? Have you been a recipient of it? Or maybe you are one that was going out and sharing I mean, I truly mean it when I say that, that we are family. The love that is shared is wonderful. And even, and even if we don't agree on all things, which I know we don't, we still love each other. We still love each other. When Jesus saw his mother there, he uttered these words, Dear woman, here is your son. And looking at the disciple John, he said, here is your mother. 
He was not only making sure that his mother was taken care of for the rest of her life, but he was showing them once again what it meant to be family. And it doesn't have to be blood relations. So as you look at your life today, and you reflect on those words of Jesus from the cross, which are spoken to your life, as if you remember that, I keep telling you these, these words were spoken, obviously, to those that were gathered around the cross that day. But even more than that, I imagine Christ hanging on the cross, peering through the centuries and looking right into your eyes, right into my eyes this morning, and giving these words to us. Here's your son. Here's your mother. Who is your family? Who do you need to care for today? Who do you need to show the love of Christ to today? Where is God calling you? I encourage you during this Lenten season to reach out to those who God is calling you to help, to listen to, to encourage, or just simply to care for. Even if your definition of family is narrowed to those related to you, Jesus has a new definition for you today. Jesus' definition is anyone who does the will of the Father. Not just relatives, but friends, strangers, yes, maybe even enemies. This is your family now. This is your family. Will you pray with me? Loving God, that you give us this new definition of family. This new definition of what it means to be in relationship with each other and what it means to be in relationship with you. God, you call us to help, to serve, and to love. And sometimes we need a little extra encouragement. So maybe we needed to hear those words from the cross this morning that gives us that new definition of who our family is. God, we are reminded once again that, that we are all family here. That we here at Journey of Hope make up this big, beautiful family. Yes, God, sometimes dysfunctional, but, but God, you love us anyway and, and you tell us to love each other. And so God, help us to do that. Help us to love and care for one another and truly be family together. All this I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. We need new eyes for seeing, new hands for holding on. Maybe that is what we truly need as we step out into this world, into our mission field of loving each other and loving our neighbors, that we have new eyes to see and new hands to reach out in help for all of those around us. Remember that this, this here, those online, this journey of hope is your family. And we take this love that we have for each other and we go and spread it to the world around us. And so now go. Knowing that the love of God, the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit goes with you. 
and it goes with you always. Amen.